Well, I'm excited to be in front of you today wearing this beautiful shirt with the great state of Oklahoma on it. Uh, if you don't know, yeah. If you don't know, that's my homeland. That's where I, uh, I grew up. And so it was so good to be back with our students and to serve and to introduce them to fried Twinkies and fried Oreos and fried Snickers. And uh, it, was, it was wonderful. As Justin said, we served uh, people who had been hit by the El Reno tornado last year. A two and a half mile tor- uh, wide tornado that ripped through uh, El Reno um, and caused a ton of damage. And so we were able to go into uh, a mobile home park um, that we heard story after story of other churches who have come in there over the last year and helped rebuild this community. And so we were just another piece that came in and did our part. And there'll be people that come behind us and finish up uh, projects. And so be very proud of your students. Be very proud of our students who, uh, who did great. So today we're going to finish up this series called Our Heartbeat, and just really quickly I want to recap where we've been. Uh, we did this in two sections. We did five, took a little break. We all became quitters together uh, in that series, and then we're finishing up these five. Uh, if you've missed these, I'd encourage you to go back on our website, stltrinitychurch.net, and you can listen to those. Uh, these are our core values. This is what we believe at our core. This is what we stand for. Uh, I love Starbucks, and uh, Starbucks was having somewhat of a down um, time a few years ago, and so what they did was they shut every store down. Middle of the day, they closed every single store, and every store, all the employees met together. And what they did was they went back to what created Starbucks in the beginning. They got back to the principles that made them who they were. And so that's kind of what we've been doing over these last few weeks. We're getting back to, this is what I believe God is calling us to here at, at Trinity And so uh, four weeks ago over here with our our word bubble, uh, we said we will follow the life and teaching of Jesus. That we're not just going to be a bunch of people who come in and are just hearers of the word. We're not just going to be people who open the Bible on our own and read it, but we're actually going to attempt to put it into practice. That that we're not just going to listen, but we're going to actually do what Jesus has instructed for us to do. Uh, The next week over here with our recycle sign, uh, we said that we believe that God is about renewal And that he invites us to play a part in it. That what you think about your life, where you've been, isn't necessarily where you have to head. That that God knows who we are, where we've been, and he makes us a new creation because of his grace. And then we said, not, not only does he do that for us, but we believe he wants us to be a part of that in our community. That that we are supposed to be, as we read, the salt of the earth. The salt of the earth. It preserves it. It heals it, and it gives flavor. That, that's our role as salt of the earth, as a community of believers. And then we said that we are the light of the world. Jesus says that we are the light of the world, that we shine hope into our community. And so we don't want to just retreat here into this fortress. We talked about this. That we're not just going to build these walls and come in and be protected and just be in this fortress, and then there's the people out there that we want to be away from. Uh, I would encourage you to think of it more as outposts. So this is a place where you come and you get encouraged, you get challenged, you get built up, you build community, but the whole purpose is to be sent out to be salt and light. And so we believe that God is renewing us personally, and he invites us to play a part in renewing our community. And then we said that we believe (coughs) in and will wholeheartedly invest in young people. That, that, That our students, this huge section over here, and all of our kids down this hallway and upstairs are not the church of the future. 
that they contribute now to what God is wanting to do. And so we believe in them and we will invest in them. I don't know if you know this, but statistics, the polls show that 77% of people who follow Jesus do it before they're 21. 77% of the people who follow Jesus do it before they are 21 years old. Therefore, we are going to put a lot of our resource into our kids and our students. We're going to invest our time and our energy into them. And so you're going to hear from them in a minute. And I'm going to encourage you not to check out because what they have to say this morning contributes to what we're doing, that we can learn from them. And so I hope you'll, you'll do that in a few moments. And then last week we said we will be known by what we are for, not against. We'll be known by what we are for, not against. A lot of people don't want anything to do with Jesus or they think that Jesus hates them or is angry with them because for some reason they believe that those who follow Jesus hate them or are angry with them. And so we're going to do our best to change that. We want people to know about the grace of God. And so we think people are overwhelmed by God's grace, and that's what changes people's lives. That's not condemnation or judgmentalism. It, it, is, it is someone believing in them and teaching them about God's grace. So we want to be dispensers of grace. We want to be for people. If we really believe that life is better following Jesus, if we really believe in this abundant life, then the way that will happen is by giving grace to people, not beating people up. And so we want to help people experience that. And so finally, we'll end this, this series, these 10 core values, this week with this one that says this. We are for God's kingdom more than our own kingdom. That we are for God's kingdom more than our own kingdom. Let me just define uh, this idea of God's kingdom. This guy named Graham Goldsworth, he's an Australian scholar, he says it like this. God's kingdom is God's people in God's place under God's rule. God's people in God's place under God's rule. Now when we talk about a kingdom, that's kind of foreign to us. We, we don't necessarily always understand the idea of a kingdom. But we do know that if there is a kingdom, then there has to be a king. And so we believe that we're working towards putting God as our king to make him the ruler and authority of our life, not ourselves. And that's hard, but, but our goal is to be for God's kingdom more than our own kingdom. And there's two ways that this will happen. One, this will happen personally. For ourselves, we have to do this. I have to do this. That I have to be more about what God wants to do in God's kingdom than what I want. But we also are going to do this as a community of people who are following Jesus. Now, I know in this space, there's a lot of you who would say, you know, I'm not there. I'm, I'm not quite to the point where I'm following Jesus. I don't even understand everything, and that's okay. We're, we're glad you're here. But, but for those of you who say, you know what, I, I do confess to follow Jesus. I would call myself a Christian. Then our goal as a community of people is to be about God's kingdom more than the kingdom of, of even Trinity. But before we go too far, I want you to hear from our students. Uh, every year, we, we take our junior high and our high school students on a mission trip. So we've gone to Denver and Chicago, Nashville, New York. We've done small town. We've done Port Arthur, Texas, Beattyville, Kentucky. And so our goal every, every time we do this with our students is to help them figure out these two things. One, that they're not, their life is not just about them. 
right? That, that life isn't revolving around them and their needs and everything that's going on. And number two, that, that the church, big C, anytime you see church with a big C, it means the church, everyone, not just Trinity. The church is much bigger than what happens here on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday night at the gathering. So, so two things. This principle is, is lived out with, with, with our mission trips. And so uh, one at a time, I'm going to call a few up. Uh, I'll call Eric. You want to come up first? All right, so when, I, uh, when we talk to our students, I want them to uh, answer three questions. Uh, one, share a little bit about what they did. Uh, two, what, what did they feel God was saying to them or, or teaching them, challenging them? And then the third one is, what impact will it have on them? Because we don't want to just go and experience something for the week and it not change us to where when we come back, we're not, we're not different. And so those are the three kind of questions that they're going to work through and navigate on. All right, you ready? Good. Very good. Taylor. 
Yeah, students, as you come up, say your name and what grade you're, uh, you're going into. Perfect. Good job, Taylor. All right, Tim. Yeah. Tornado. Yeah. What did, what did God teach you?
So how will it impact you? I mean, you, you kind of shared. Anything else? That's good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Tim, we'll make sure your mom hears that. That you're going to help her. Sydney, you want to make your way up?
Good, Sydney. Very good. Sammy. <laughs> good, good. All right, Abby. All right, tell me your name and then how, uh, what grade you're going into.
Very good, Annie. Good job. I know for many people, especially adults, speaking in front of others is terrifying. And so uh, I'm really proud of, of these students who, uh, who said they would stand up and, and share. Hey, just uh, real quickly, obviously Justin and Kristen, uh, as our leaders, as our youth pastors, they, uh, they went. But we had other people who went. Would you guys stand real quick if you went on our mission trip and served adults? Our adults, please stand. Yes, yes, yes. And Jan Wood is back there, yes, and Jan served also. So just know this, uh, this wouldn't happen without these adults. Um, it, it's only because of, of their uh, faithfulness and their generosity. They leave their families. Uh, some of them take off of work to go and to serve uh, with our students for them to be able to experience uh, what they were able to, uh, to experience. And so these students are, are finding out that their life is not just theirs, Specifically, if they follow Jesus. Because if they're following Jesus, then it's not just about their own kingdom, but about the kingdom of heaven. Uh, I just quickly want to look at at two stories that Jesus uh, tells. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one like this around you. Uh, That's our gift to you. We would love for you to take that. If at this point you don't own a Bible um, and you've been coming for a while, that's your fault because we're trying to give you a Bible. So uh, if you don't take it, it's, it's you. Uh, but I'd love for you to, uh, to read along with us. If you have it on, uh, on your smartphone, you can, you can pull it out. But, but two scriptures I want to quickly look at, and they're going to compare two different uh, people and, and two different things that, that happen. The first in Luke 12, Luke 12, 16 through 21. In this Bible, you'll find it on page uh, 1031. Luke 12, 16, it says this, and he told them this parable, Jesus is telling this story, a parable is just a, a, a story, it says the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop, and he thought to himself, what shall I do, I have no place to store my crops, and he said, this is what I'll do, I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store all my grain and all my goods, and I'll say to myself, You have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. So this man is rich, and that's not the problem. So, so it's not a problem that the guy is wealthy. So, so that's not the moral of the story. But what Jesus is trying to teach is, look, you, you have abundant. You, you have more than you need. And, and really, this isn't about money. Right? We talked about that last time we looked at core values, that one of the core values will lead the way with radical generosity. Locally and globally, those communities will be better because we're generous. So this isn't just about money, but, but really it's a picture of your life. And this guy says, look, look at my life. Look how good it is. I'm just going to keep it all for myself because he's consumed with self. 
Now, we, we may not have barns, and we're not able to do that, but we have storage facilities. I don't know if you know this, but in our world, estimated, there's 59,000 storage facilities in our world. Interestingly, 49,000 of those are in the U.S. 59,000 storage facilities in the world. 49,000 of those here in the U.S. Now, we're, we're about stuff. We're about our own thing. We're about what we want. That, that's who we are. That's just natural. And so there's this guy who's doing this, and Jesus says, you fool. You fool to only be concerned with you. Your life is going to end tonight, and then what? So for us, if we're only consumed with self, what we're missing it. What we're missing the big picture. If, if all we care about is what we get or what we have or what we need or how we use our own time, that the decisions or the choices we make, if it's only run through our own filter of us, then we're missing it. And so then Jesus tells another parable. This one's found in Matthew 13, 44 through 46. And this story is going to go a little different. And in here, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, the ways of God, uh, God's people under God's rule. And he's going to say the kingdom of heaven is like, you know, sometimes it's hard to describe what something is like. Our, our students experienced that a little bit this week. Those who went to El Reno, they were talking about the tornado. They were sharing stories about what they experienced. And they were talking about getting down in the, the shelter. And so a lot of our students got down in the shelter. And the man said who lived there, there's a, a, a wind turbine on the top. And it got ripped off. And he said it was like someone dumped a bucket of dirt in the hole as the tornado came over. And he was talking about the water filling the shelter up as they were in there to escape from the tornado. So we hear about him, talk about it. But until you probably really experience one, you don't know about it. And so oftentimes Jesus will say it's like. Because it's so hard for us to necessarily tangibly put our hands on what God's kingdom is like. And so he tries to help us by, by doing this. So let's look at this. Matthew 13, 44 through 46. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Now in this day and age, whatever you had, you didn't put in a bank. So if you had great treasure, if you had coins, if you have family heirlooms, whatever you had, you would probably hide. Some of you may do that in your own house. You may have some money stored away under a mattress and a cookie jar. You, you've hidden money. This was not uncommon for people at this, this time. They would hide their stuff. So a man comes along and he finds great treasure in a field. And for him in that moment, he says, this is better than anything I've ever experienced. Whatever I have, whatever I've experienced in the past doesn't compare to this. And so it says, with joy, with joy, he abandons everything else. 
He sells it all to go back and experience what he's found. This next guy, 45, verse 45. It says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away, sold everything he had, and bought it. So this guy too is looking for it. The other guy just stumbles upon it. That, that might be some of you. You at some point has just kind of stumbled your way into a church building. You just stumbled your way into a relationship with someone. And you have found something that seems better than anything else. Some of you are here today looking for it. There's something in you that says, man, I'm experiencing all kinds of stuff. Maybe you have great wealth. You have a good job. You have a great family. You've put your heart. You've made everything else kind of your God. And everything lets you down. So this guy's looking for it. And when he finds it, he abandons everything. He sells it all because he knows that this pearl is worth more than anything else he has or will ever experience. Both of these men are willing to leave everything behind for what they found. And the simple reason I believe is because it's so much better. Now, as I say that, that doesn't mean that your life will be fixed. It doesn't mean that you won't have difficulties. But, but God's kingdom is much better than our own kingdoms. Let me say this. God makes a better king than you do. God makes a better king of our lives than, than I do. And so we have to decide. We, we have this decision that we each must make. Do we really believe that God's kingdom is better than what we've experienced? And if it is, are you willing to give up everything else? Now, this doesn't mean that you have to sell everything, right? So don't get nervous. Uh, I'm not saying you need to abandon your house or your family. What, what I'm saying is you're, you're walking away from yourself, really. Your own desires, what you think is best. And you're willing to believe that God's ways are best. And so this happens sometimes slowly, but you have to make a decision. These guys didn't slowly sell stuff. They didn't slowly go back and think, do I, do I want it or do I not? Because when they found it, they knew that it was better than anything. And so in a moment, with joy, they knew and they gave up everything. And so for some of us, it's our finances, and we have to let go of, of our finances. For some of us, it's our kids, for some of us, uh, we, we really worship our kids. We find our own identity in how well our kids do. So we put our weight. If you don't believe me, here in the fall, I'm coaching soccer. Just go watch little kids play soccer. And you'll watch parents lose their mind over how well their kid is doing on a field. But because we, we've put so much weight in our in our kids, are, are we willing to trust that, that, that God is enough? And are, will, are we willing to say, God, you, you're going to take care of my kids? Are, are we willing to, to do that? Your business, what, what you do for a living, are you willing to say, look, this is good, but I'm giving it to you, God. What, what do you want me to do with it? Students, as you decide what to do with your, your life and the things you've experienced, you have to make a decision, all right, is this going to be about me or is this going to be about what God wants for me? 
as you pick a major and you decide what job to get, is it going to be about money or is it going to be about what God is calling you to do? We, we have to make that decision. All of us. Is God's kingdom really better than our own? And what happens, it's like moving dimensions. It's like a, a change of where you are. So I'm, I'm, I'm a joke about it, but I really do love Oklahoma. I mean, I, I love everything about it. I love the community I grew up in. I, I, I love it. But I don't live there anymore. So I don't carry an Oklahoma license. I don't have an Oklahoma license. Well, I have it in my office, uh, but I don't have it on my, on my car. Because that's, that's not where I'm from. That's where I'm from, but it's not where I live. That's not my place of, of residence. And so for you, if you make the decision to say God's kingdom is more important than my own kingdom, then, then we let go of our own kingdom. We become a resident in God's kingdom. And so we're always in tune and we're always wondering, all right, God, what, what are you saying to me? Like these students, I challenge them. I say, all right, what, what did God say to you this week? Because God is wanting to speak to us. And then not only what is he saying to you, but what will you do about it? What will you do about it? Because we, we don't, as we said, we don't want to just be hearers, but we want to be doers. So you personally must decide, is it worth it? Is it worth it to make God first and not just a part of your life? The man finds a treasure and in a moment realizes it's better than anything he's ever experienced and he walks away from everything else. The other guy's looking for it. Many of you are looking for something more, meaning and purpose to your life. Are you finding it? I believe you can find it when you seek God. And so personally, we must make this decision. But as a church, we're going to do this as well. That we're going to care more about what God is doing in our community and in the kingdom than we even are here at Trinity. Let, let me explain that just real quickly. Uh, we want to be in tune with what, what, what God is wanting to do in North County. So your leadership team, the people who are making decisions, we're, we're really hard for it not to be about us. And, and we're trying to stay in tune and say, all right, God, what are you wanting to do in us and through us here in North County? county. So we're trying to take our hands off of it. And the other thing we're wanting to do is we want to partner with other churches to make this community a better place. That we really believe that we're on the same team. That we're not competing against other churches. I remember my junior year in high school, our, our football team was okay. Uh, and three of our best players transferred to our rival. And so that year we had to play them in in football, and I remember I'm still struggling with that. I'm still working through those, those relationships. But we're not on the same team at that point. Sometimes I feel in, in, in church world, it kind of feels that way. Oh, man, look how, look how good they're doing. Look how big their building is. We're on the same team. And so we want to figure out how do we partner with other communities of believers to make this a better place. Uh, we're working on starting a, a nonprofit. We're doing a lot of research and we're meeting and trying to figure things out. And one of the things we, we found, the population in 2012 was around 128,000 people. And in the census, there's actually a question about faith involvement. How involved are you in, in, in your faith? And, and the statistics, 37 say they're strongly involved. 37% answered the question, I'm strongly involved in my faith. 
said somewhat. So maybe every once in a while they go to church, but they're not really involved. And then 30% just said they're not. So if we just simply look at the 30%, not even those who say they're somewhat involved, just 30%, that comes to a number of almost 40,000 people. 40,000 people in these four zip codes, 63042, 63031, 63033 and 63034. Almost 40,000 people who just simply say, I'm not involved in my, with my faith at all. We're on the same team. There's no way that we could reach those 40,000 people. And so we're going to choose to celebrate when other churches succeed. We're, we're going to care as much about this church right here. It's an African church. The pastor's from Kenya. Uh, we want to care about that church as much as we do our own church. We're doing this together. And so when we do our back-to-school fair, it's not about us. So we're going to partner with North Church to serve people because we believe that we're for God's kingdom more than our own kingdom. So do we want to grow? Yes. Do we want more and more people to come into this space every week? Yeah, because we want them to experience the love of God. Not to build bigger buildings, not to bring in more money, not just to say this is what we have, but because we want people to experience God's kingdom. But I pray that happens at First Christian. I I pray that happens for our Lutheran church just down the street. We we believe that God's kingdom is better than our own little kingdom. So you have to make a decision. Personally. Personally. Do you really believe that God's ways are better than your own? And then as a community of people, we have to decide, is it better to be about God's kingdom than our own kingdom? Let's pray. God, thanks for today. I'm so thankful for our students. Uh, I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to continue to go and to serve uh, alongside them. Um, I, I pray that they get a sense that they are Uh, important to what what is happening um, in our world, in our community, and here at at Trinity. Uh, Would you just encourage them um, today? God, would you help all of us decide, uh, even even this morning, do we really believe your ways are better than our own ways? And then as a church, would you encourage us and help us to be about your kingdom more than the kingdom of Trinity? pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One more thing, real quickly. Uh, Talking about God's kingdom... Um, Justin, our uh, youth pastor for the last 10 months, uh, got married a few weeks ago. Him and his wife are headed to South Korea. And uh, this plays into it. Like, I I hate losing them just because Justin has really become one of uh, my great friends. Uh, But we believe that God's kingdom can happen over in South Korea uh, as well. And we know that Justin and Mariah are going to play a huge part in that as they go to teach English uh, but, but they believe this, and so if they believe uh, in God's kingdom more than their own, then everyone around them is going to experience that and, and get a sense for that. And so I just want Justin and Mariah to come, uh, come down here, and we're going to pray for them. And then since I feel like we're family, uh, I would love for you, if, if this is uncomfortable to you because you don't know them and you just want to stay where you are, that's fine. Uh, but I'd love specifically for our students to come down and surround Justin and Mariah, uh, his family, anybody else who would love to come down and just um, kind of surround them. 
um, that would be great, and I'll pray for them. If you don't know, this is Justin's last Sunday uh, with us. Um, they'll be going out to um, Mariah's families for uh, a week or so, and then they'll be, uh, and then they'll be going uh, to Korea. All right, let's pray. God, I'm so thankful that eight years ago when I got here, um, I met Justin. Um, shorter than me, smaller than me, glasses, um, just a junior high, going into high school uh, kid. I'm so thankful how you've worked uh, in his life over the last eight years. Um, how I know he's, um, even in the beginning of this, a great husband to Mariah. And I know he's going to continue uh, to do that. I'm so thankful for his passion for people, um, how he serves others, how he loves people. And so uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for his influence he's had here at Trinity as a student um, and now as our youth pastor over the last 10 months. Um, these students have grown close to, to him over this time. And so I pray for them as well uh, during this transition. Uh, I'm thankful for Mariah. I'm thankful that you've put her in Justin's uh, path. And that they're a team. And, and I love that each one of them were called separately to go to South Korea. And that this was something you put on each one of their hearts. And you've encouraged them to do this together. So as they go over, Lord, would they uh, rely on you first and rely on each other? Would you help them grow closer to one another as they make this long trip and, and do the unknown? Um, and as I think back to the vows they made to one another just a couple of weeks ago... Uh, in that, uh, remaining faithful to one another, not knowing what, what is next. And so that's, that's about to happen, Lord. And so would you, uh, would you make them one unit as they, as they do this? Uh, I know they're going, Lord, to teach English to some kids, um, but God, would that just be what they do? Um, not, not necessarily who they are over there. And would, would these kids, would these families, those who, who don't know you yet, would they experience uh, grace and love because of Justin and Mariah? Would you protect them? I pray for Mariah's parents. Um, I pray for Allie and Pat and Deb as Justin makes this, this trip. Um, would you just bless everyone um, involved? God, they are for you. And so I pray that you would use them in a great way in Korea. Pray us all in Jesus' name. Amen.